Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina, board certified psychiatrist in South Florida. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey, hey, hey guys. Of course you are on the couch with me. It's another Sunday night and it's the Brain Love Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Delvina, board certified psychiatrist in South Florida and also the host of this Brain Love Podcast. And so it's been a nice last few Sundays. I mean, every Sunday that I get on and I have you guys listening to me and allowing me to 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 spit all these ideas and these concepts in your ear, I appreciate it. Um, and from time to time, I bring on someone who I want to just, you know, converse with and just share some ideas and stuff like that. And so for tonight, I asked Pastor Marvin Clark to come on. Marvin Clark, who's a husband, father, author, pastor, therapist, and motivator. He is the founder of Change for You Today, LLC. If it doesn't challenge you, it won't change for you. Welcome to the show tonight, Pastor. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. Ah, yeah. So, you know, you and I had to do another another, uh, dialogue because I was on you invited me to do um, a live with you on your Instagram, and we had just a great time, just like you know, interacting and discussing different things. It was awesome. Thank you again for having me on there. You're most welcome. You were a delight. Matter of fact, I still get text messages and emails about your perspectives, your point of views, and how you've inspired my listeners. So thank you once again for being you which is an amazing, awesome, talented, gifted woman. Thank you. Oh, wow. Thank you so much, Pastor. I appreciate that. And and so, listen, guys, um, thank you for getting on the couch with Pastor Clark and, and, and me so we can discuss certain things. People have written in and they've asked me to talk about certain things. And one of those things was love. They want to know what is the definition of love. And so I thought, what better way to define love but to bring on a pastor, a man of God, um, someone who is of the divinity to help us understand this from a biblical perspective, I suppose a religious and also spiritual from me and him perspective. And also, as you guys know, if you listened to last Sunday's episode, I talked about submission, Black women submitting to their men. And, uh, you know, some people, I put it out there very generically, but some people wanted to specify, submit to your husband, not just any man, which I concur. I agree with that. And then the last thing we're going to discuss tonight is I got to ask the pastor, convince me not to have premarital sex, pastor. Is that okay with you? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I'll be honest with you. I I can't really say that I'm going to convince you, but I will share with you my perspective. And if it will be so, let the spirit do what it will do. And uh, (laughs) if that's the case, bless the Lord. If not, we'll keep rolling and growing. (laughs) Absolutely right. Okay, okay. Good deal, good deal. Mm -hmm. So I want, before we get into this juice, This is juice right here. Before we get into this juice on my couch, I just want folks to know that, um, you know, everyone has a story um, and people being having the courage to share their stories. um, That's impressive to me because oftentimes people like to hide the things that they dislike about themselves or Mm. the things that they feel um, 
ruins them or compromises their ability to be great. But what they don't realize is that's why they're so great is because of these challenges that they've been through. If you haven't been through a challenge or if you don't feel like you've been challenged in life, I don't know about you. Mm. So listen, guys, Pastor Clark admittedly has struggled with self-esteem in his past and purpose and obesity and was diagnosed with dyslexia. Um, and if any of you are, you know, I like doing these, uh, the month of May is Mental Health Awareness Month. The month of October is this. The month of September is that. So the month of October was Dyslexia Awareness Month. And um, and actually, there was a Sunday on 99 Jams. I, I, I spoke to a brother by the name of Nixon Nelson, Lixon Nelson, and he has dyslexia. So uh, Pastor Clark, I just said a few things about you. I want you to tell the people who is Pastor Marvin Clark. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. So Marvin Clark is a husband, a father, a pastor, a psychotherapist, and someone who just really loves people. I genuinely do. I was born uh, in Toronto, Canada, and I've been privileged to be in ministry now for about 17 years. I've pastored in Toronto, Canada, as well as in Huntsville, Alabama, as well as Las Vegas, Nevada and Northern California. And finally, I'm down here in South Florida, pastoring in Pompano Beach and Dana Beach, two churches that are two blessed, anointed, and gifted churches. And on the side, I also offer some psychotherapy to those who are struggling, who are challenged by their circumstance. And of course, as mentioned uh, by Dr. Delvina, I also have an organization called Change For You, which is an acronym that stands for Choosing Honesty, allows new growth every day for you. And so we're able to manage all of that um, with, of course, my wife, as I share, that I'm married, Olivia, and our three children, Micaiah, Madison, and Miles. That is Marvin Clark. Wow. Okay. You are, I thought I was busy. You are busy, Pastor. <laughs> I'm going to start first with, before we go into... The topics for tonight, I, I just want to gain some understanding. You say you're the pastor of two churches, one in Pompano and one in, in Boca was the other one, or Deerfield? Pompano and Dana Beach. Okay, Pompano mm -hmm. and Dana Beach. Mm -hmm. Pompano and Dana Beach. And what are the names of your churches? So one is called Salem, and the other one is called Ebenezer. Which one is in Dana Beach? That would be Ebenezer. Okay. So, so the one in Dania Beach is called Ebenezer. Mm -hmm. Is it just Ebenezer or what's the full name? Ebenezer Seventh-day Adventist Church. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, when you mentioned that you were having service tonight, I said, whoa, is he a Seventh-day? <laughs> yes, so, ma'am. I guess so. Okay. And then the other church in Pompano is called Salem. Salem Seventh-day Adventist Church. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I mean, pastoring is a, a very challenging job. It's busy. Um, you know, you're, you're uh, fostering the spiritual group, uh, growth of your congregation. And as you indicated, counseling and psychotherapy may be involved. Well, I'll say counseling for um, the typical pastor who is probably not trained in psychotherapy or mental health skills then they would be counseling. But if you've been trained in some fashion, um, if you're providing psychotherapy, you're a busy guy. 
Yeah, I try to be very careful, of course, managing my time. You know, we as Christians, we often talk about temperance, and I think it's very important. Uh, you cannot be all things to all people um, as much as you would like to be. I try to encourage and tell people the real truth, which is there's only one man that was able to do all things, and his name is Jesus Christ, and he died, and he went to heaven. And so my name is Marvin Clark, and I am not Jesus Christ, but I will do what I can where I can for God's glory and for our good. So I'm very careful with stretching myself. I do also understand that my first church is my family. And so I try and make sure that I sow a seed here first. And then after that, I allow the spirit to lead. And then of course, for me to be obedient to say no sometimes. Yes, I just posted about that today, mm. that we have to set boundaries and have have limits mm -hmm. on for ourselves. We have to limit our own expectations. And sometimes you just have to say no to stuff, to people. That's right. That's right. And it's easier said than done. But you got to realize, especially in the world or the realm of psychotherapy or counseling, uh, you're often trained to remember that you are not someone's answer. Um, yes. And you don't want to meet, make the person um, dependent on you and what you provide. Mm. And so the moment where you feel that there are mm. some needs for the people to always reach out and touch you, always reach out and speak to you, then you got to pull back and ask yourself, am I doing the right stuff? Am I um, not necessarily um, providing the assistance they really need? Or am I projecting something else from what I've gone through in my past pain? And so I'm always, of course, checking myself, uh, analyzing the scenario situation and making sure I'm offering not just the best version for them, but the best version for me that speaks to them. Yes, 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 yes. I am. I'm loving all these nuggets you're dropping. I wrote down, I wrote down temperance. I wrote down, you cannot be all things to all people. Mm. And I also wrote down, you are not someone's answer. Mm. Cause you know what? Some of us feel like that we are, we are the SHIT mm -hmm. and like, mm -hmm. if it's not, be if it weren't for us, that people would not be able to move forward or wouldn't change in life. But really what we do as psychotherapists is to help people process things and go. arrive at their own solution. So I'm glad that you, that you, that you mentioned that. Um, now, can you, we're, we're 10 minutes in already and I'm enjoying this, this dialogue <laughs> pastor. Um, so the psychotherapy part of what you do, can you uh, share with folks, what's the background on your training for the psychotherapy? Yeah, for sure. Uh, the psychotherapy that I try and provide it's pretty much a journey of the individual's past. Um, we all know that a lot of our troubles and trials stem from of our experience, stems from our experience of how we were brought up and certain traumatic things that happened to us that we have now created um, some things to kind of hide or to disconnect or uh, to separate ourselves from. And so they become somewhat of walls or codependency acts. Um, and so we try to just kind of journey through that. And it's very revealing. Um, matter of fact, I've been very, very blessed to have some individuals who I've provided counseling for, psychotherapy for, and they've just moved from leaps and bounds. Um, I have this one particular woman that comes to memory. Um, she, she first attended my sessions 
um, coming to me saying, you know what, I believe my issue is A. And uh, most of the times I tell other therapists who I also try to mentor, if someone comes to you about one issue, I almost guarantee that's not the issue. And so right off the bat, with just a few moments into our session, we were able to find out what the issue was. And uh, we then journeyed, and it was about eight months. And we have not spoken in about two years. And just this morning, out of the blue, she text messaged me and said, I just want you to know you've changed my life. And you've changed also my granddaughter and my daughter's life, because now I know how to love unconditionally. And so yeah. it's, it's these moments that really just give me reasons to keep going on. And in moments where I struggle or I'm challenged by circumstances, I remember that I'm placed on this earth for a greater good. And so in all of the turmoil of life, you know, um, whatever your choice or desire is in terms of presidency, or if you're someone that is going through a challenge when it comes to this pandemic, or if you struggled with the issues of Black Lives Mattering um, or Matter, um, it is always good to know somehow between the balance, why are you here? Why are you here? And are you functioning in your purpose? So for me today, it was definitely a blessing hearing from that sister and hearing her growth on how psychotherapy has changed, not just her life, but her children and her grandchildren. That is a-okay. So, so pastor, um, what are your, what are your credentials? Are you a licensed mental health counselor? Are you a licensed clinical social worker? Are you marriage and family? Yeah. So marriage and family therapy. Um, I also do some CPE units. Uh, so I'm able to work in a hospital as well as, um, um, you know, palliative care and things of that sort. Um, I also have a bachelor's in, um, uh, religion and theology, a master's in divinity, and I'm presently working on a PhD. Okay. And what's your PhD in? Psychotherapy. <laughs> okay. All righty. So, um, all right, y'all. So let's thank you so much for that, Pastor. You're most welcome. We are going to get into the first part of this discussion, and that is this. Should Black women submit to their man mm. to submit or not to submit. I don't know if you were able to listen to my episode from last Sunday, Pastor. I know you're super busy. You're extremely busy. But I, I had a conversation. It was a monologue, you know, but I played some Fantasia. Fantasia was on the Breakfast Club last year talking about Black women and why they cannot find their king and keep him. And one of the things that Fantasia said is that Black women won't submit to their king. They won't allow a man to come into their life and be a king in their lives. So I wanted to get, wanted to get your take on that. I, I heard um, comments. It, it received a lot of comments on Instagram. And I also posted something on my Facebook as well. And um, a lot of folks who are, um, I don't want to say, yeah, a lot of folks who are in church and who are loyal to their faith and in and, and church and um, reading the Bible, a lot of folks commented, and then um, people who are not so um, into religion, women, I'll say, some of them were offended by the comment and said it was setting us back. So I wanted to get your take on that, Pastor. As you, Pastor. 
Well, I, I think it's such a powerful discussion and question. The Bible alludes to a text in Ephesians 5, 15, and it really goes all the way to 33, talking about submission of wives to husbands. Um, and I think we need to be very careful with the language here, um, because really and truly the purpose of this text is to create a unity, a unity between the husband and the wife. Uh, I first want to just say right off the bat, without any question and without even any other discussion, needs to be very clear. It is never the husband's job to make his wife submit. Mm. It, is not, it is not his job to do that. It is not say his that, job. Say to that do again, that. Pastor. It's not his job. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is not the husband's job to make, if I may put those words in quotations, to make his wife submit. That is not his job. That is not his duty. That is not his calling. Uh, we got to be very careful because the Bible instructs the husband to in, not to enforce anything over his wife. In fact, the Bible warns of Gentiles, unbelievers, who, who, who the Lord has not given authority to, to try and create this leadership or empowerment over their wives. In other words, when the Bible talks about submitting, it is really coming from the Holy Spirit. It is really coming from a place where the woman, the wife, sees the alignment of the spiritual husband. And she says, man, you know what? I've been trusting him. I've been watching him. I've been surveying him. And without a shadow of a doubt, he is the real McCoy. He is a faithful man. He is a loving husband. He is kind hearted. Um, he is uh, quick to pray or quick to think and quick to process before to act. And it's out of those things that she then births this, this desire that, you know what? I got to submit to this guy. I got to be open to what he wants to do, not because I understand him, but because the proof is in the pudding under the direction of the Holy Spirit. Mm. I, I know I said a lot, but I hope it makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. It makes absolute sense. Yeah. It makes it makes absolute sense. And guys and girls listening, notice Pastor said husband and wife. Mm -hmm. Husband and wife. Yeah. So yeah. you know, just to sort of tease that out, when you're dating, I would not suggest as a mental health professional that you are submitting completely mm -hmm. to the man that you're dating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that it's not a good practice because there's certain things or a, a lot of certain things that you hold for your husband to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and that's a good point, Dr. Delvina, because the truth is when you are in a journey with your husband or husband to be uh, mm -hmm. during that dating or courting purpose time, you'll, you'll find some things out. Right. You'll see that the math doesn't make sense. You'll notice his, um, his insufficiencies, his areas where there needs to be some assistance and growth and prayer. And it's over that timeline that the spirit is also working, not just on you, but on him. And so when you get to the marriage place, when you get to that space, all of a sudden things are clicking um, and you're trusting him, even when you don't see him, you're understanding him, even when you don't know what's going on. And, and all of that submissive or submission, it opens up a place of being comfort. And of course, that falls on the lap of that word love. You can't love someone and not submit to them. Mm. And I want to be very clear right here that, yes, we're talking about wives submitting. 
But but don't forget that God also expects the husbands to submit. Absolutely. And and what's interesting is the Bible is very clear. It says, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Help me, Lord. Um, we got all kind of people who are backsliders, who told, turn up on church on Easter Sunday, um, on Easter Saturday, and we don't see them again. But God says, love your wife like how Christ loves the church. In other words, even when the church turns its back on God, on Christ, he still loves them. That's submission. Mm. That's, that's, the Bible also talks about how husbands should chase their wives. Help me, Lord. Um, so, you know, your, your boo or your bae acts up and all of a sudden you want to find another sister. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, chase her, pursue her. And so there's submission on both sides, but at the root of it, at the core of it, at the foundation of it, at the marrow of it, is that word love. <laughs> okay, pastor. And that is the perfect segue into the next part of this podcast. And that is what is love. Mm. And guys, I, I'll say this. If you listen to the episode on submission at the very end, I said that both husband and wife or man and woman have to submit to one another. Mm -hmm. So pastor, I'm glad that you, um, you confirm that for the listeners that there's submission on both parts, reciprocity, and at the root of all these things, as you just indicated, is L-O-V-E, mm -hmm. love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the truth is, love is a basic necessity in everyone's life. Oh. So people, they talk about how they don't want to love anyone again because they've been so hurt. And, and, and so one day, uh, Pastor, we have to talk about dealing with breakups. Oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. But now we're talking about L O V E love. Mm -hmm. And so it's a basic necessity. If you guys heard of uh the psychologist Maslow, mm. it's in the hierarchy of needs. Love That's is right. in the hierarchy of needs. People have to have love to live, to function, to function well. Mm. So, Pastor, let's let's break down let's break down this word love because people throw it around, you know, like it ain't nothing. Ooh. For sure, and especially today. And thank you so much for this. This is such a an eye opener, uh, a necessity, something that is essential and imperative for us even today, because of all the social media that's out there. Um, we really are, are are confused, I would say, boldly when it comes to love. And and for me, of course, I always go back to the word. And so the Bible often tells us in First Corinthians thirteen one that love is patient. Love is yes. kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Ooh, right? Preach. No record of wrongs? <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. Love yes. does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. The truth. Mm. Fact check. The truth, that's where love rejoices. And so, you know, that's that's words, that's verbiage, that's that's letters and words, right? But the right. act, the act of love is sacrifice. Mm. Right? It's giving up. It's knowing, but not always showing what you know. Right? It's it's right. Al it's almost like saying, <sighs> despite whatever I see. And I might even think to be true. 
I do not lend myself to that, but I trust the core belief, the foundation and fact that when I met this person, it was a gift from God and that God placed me and them together. And so this gift is always unwrapping. And so I'm not gonna be focused on how I feel, but I'm gonna be focused on what I know, the principle of our relationship that we have joined together as one, that we have chosen to walk together in this journey. So I'm not gonna let people, I'm not gonna let things, I'm not gonna let my emotions drive me, but I'm gonna let the principle of what I know lead me. So that is what I feel is love. Mm. And I concur with everything that you just said. And one of the things I would like to highlight, because this is what I find myself saying so many times, so often in therapy sessions with couples, love keeps no record of Mm. wrongs. Mm. Mm-mm. And and people like to do that. They like to make these take these mental notes and ingrain them inside their brains so that when there's an argument or a disagreement, they can pull it up and throw it at the person. Mm. They can bring up old history. They can bring up, you know, uh, wrongdoings from the past. And I tell them, you never move forward when you're bringing up your history all the time. Mm. If you're going to forgive, you got to forget as well mm. to move forward in love and it be a healthy love. You have to be comfortable with accepting the wrong, accepting the apology, learning from it, and you guys move on and you not bring it up again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But you know what I've learned, Dr. Delvina? A lot of people who struggle to, to, to kind of give up wrong acts and not really keep record of wrong acts, those people that struggle with that, they often have pain. They often have hurt. And so Mm -hmm. what I've learned is if we notice, you know, for me personally, whenever I have couples, I might bring them in on the first session, just dialoguing about what their experience has been. But then I'll actually separate them because I really believe that the problem lies and it may be different for both of them or each of them. But the problem lies within them. In other words, let's just say we have a lady that is, and please forgive me if I choose to go this way. Some way say, oh, pastor, why don't you go the other way? But let's just say we have a lady that is dealing with a lot of disrespect from a man, right? Mm -hmm. And so together we may say the issue foundationally is love. So we bring them in together. Oh, I don't like how he does this. He speaks to me this way, so forth and so on. Okay. After I hear them, I really want to find out well, why do you feel that it's okay to stay in this relationship when you keep being disrespected? What about Mm -hmm. you makes you feel like you deserve what you're getting? Because you really have a choice, right? Right. And then for 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 the gentleman, I wanna ask him, what is about her that gets you so stirred up that you have to spew evil things to her? So who is it that you really wanna spew it to? Because it's not her. Because from what I understand, you love her. She's been good to you. She's been kind to you. So who in your past has hurt you that you can't get to so you want to abuse her with your words? And so everything lies from pain. And so what could come from that is the woman would say, well, guess what, Pastor? Uh, The truth is I stay here because my dad used to do it to my mom, right? Or, or, or the mm-hmm. gentleman would say, well, pastor, the reason why I do that is because my mother was verbally abusive to me. 
And so when I see my wife, because she's in the kitchen and she's taking care of me, when I see my wife, because she's loving me, I kind of somehow connect her to my mother. And that's how we end up doing the things we do to our spouses. And so, of course, that's a a quick scenario, but it takes time to unearth those painful truths. And as we address them and adjust to them, then we find out what the triggers are. We highlight it and we see the triggers before the triggers see us and we adjust according to it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like um, that example that you gave because it's a, it's a very common one where people allow their past to really interfere with their present or their future. They allow certain things to transfer in their, in their personal life mm-hmm. that occurred in their childhood. And the thing that you see a lot is um, disregard for, um, for, for one's childhood, the way they were loved or not. You know, some people just, they were not loved growing up and that affects them in their adulthood. And if you haven't learned how to love as a child, mm. it may make it difficult for you to love as an adult. Come on now. Come on now. That, that is so powerful. I use this illustration, Dr. Delvina. Um, I've used it for my church a couple of times as an example so people can understand that, 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 you know, one day it so happened that I was drinking some tea. Um, and so my family's from the Caribbean. We enjoy ginger tea. And so I had a tea bag, a ginger tea bag, and um, I put it in the cup. And right before I was about to pour hot water on it, I, I often feel like I hear things talk to me. We call that the theophany of God. That's God speaking through something. And so the, the mm. tea bag said to me, Marvin, I said, yes. <laughs> and it said to me, um, do you realize what you're about to do? And I said, yes. And he said, okay, we'll go ahead and do it. So I started to pour the hot water on the tea bag. And all of a sudden, Dr. Delvina, I noticed that the tea bag then said to me, do you see what's taking place? I said, no. He said, well, what's inside of me is coming outside of me when I'm in hot water. And when people get into relationships, what they don't realize is that if the person does have the right stuff in them, it will come out of them in hot water situations. And so we have to be very careful. We have to be very mindful. We got to be very intentional. We got to be mindful that if we're not careful, we can take someone all the way up to the aisle and not really Mm. see what's in them until you find yourself in some hot water situation. And guess what? Dr. Delvina, it's too late. Uh It's too late. It's too late. Now you got to drink the cup. (laughs) (sighs) And yes, and listen, and that is why love is never rushing Mm, into relationships. There you go. So that's one of the things I wanted to add in this definition of love, y'all. And that's never rushing into relationships because like the pastor just so eloquently described, if a person is never on hot water, if the, the, the chips haven't fallen, if they're not in a bad way, if they're not being challenged significantly, mm-hmm. you'll never see how they deal and how what their emotional intelligence looks like mm-hmm. if everything just seems to be a-okay you know, or things are all right. Mm -hmm. But when you see them in the most challenging circumstances, that's when you get to really see who they are. Mm -hmm. So that's why love never rushes into relationships. So 
when you're with that guy who's like, oh, come on, baby, let's just go ahead and do this and do that. And you don't need to love me right now. You're going to learn to love me later. Mm. Or, you know, he's pushing you. Mm. Don't allow yourself to be pushed. Mm. And, you know, and I'll, I'll personally, I typically don't speak personally when I'm, I'm, I'm oh, absolutely not when speaking with patients in sessions and on the podcast, I neither I don't share, but I'll share this, guys. I allowed myself one time to be, well, not to be in a relationship, but date someone who pushed me and rushed me to give him a date. Hmm. And, you know, I had to cut that, that situation off because he rushed me to give him a date. I went out on a date with him. And the next thing he was rushing me to do something else. And the next he's trying to rush me. And I said, I feel so very uncomfortable because you are pushing me too much. Hmm. So I love that story I love that story you just gave pastor and this is and and actually I was thinking when you were you were talking about the teabag talking to you this is why it's important for you as a a patient or a potential patient when you want to see a mental health professional it's vital that you see someone who's culturally similar to you 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 know whether that's race Mm -hmm. how they look Mm -hmm. where they're from where they were born religion, whatever it may be, this is essential because pastor, your story, if you were telling that to someone who wasn't culturally sensitive, they would swear you were experiencing auditory hallucinations. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay? Oh, yes. <laughs> for sure. So, for sure. <laughs> I, I just want to say that, folks, because some of these, these people who don't look like mm-hmm. us or um, share the same background, they don't understand mm-hmm. this. They don't understand the religious piece. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whew. So li- listen, we're discussing the definition of love. All right. I've already told you guys that love is essential in everyone's life. I love is, uh It's a variety of feelings and emotions. And it's, and it's the attitude that you have towards someone. And it's more than just being interested physically in someone. Mm. It's also emotional. So it can't just be based on the physical. And we're going to talk about that in a few minutes about premarital sex. And I bet you this has a little something to do with it, why we should wait. But (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that. Mm -hmm. But yes, when you uh, when you're when you're dating someone or you're courting someone and you guys have so much in common and you haven't even been in the bedroom or anywhere else, Mm -hmm. people say, well, you can do that anywhere but the bedroom Mm -hmm. but when you haven't been physically involved you you folks know what I'm saying when you have a mental connection an emotional connection and you have not even introduced Mm -hmm. the intimate portion of the relationship I think you may be going somewhere with that relationship some folks might call it a sapiosexual Mm -hmm. being in love with another person's brain and and who they are mentally Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm So love is more of a feeling that a person feels for another person, guys. And and don't confuse it, though, with lust. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that's the important thing to decipher also. So for pastor, for folks who are saying, OK, how do I know if it's love or if it's lust? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah. And, and it's a real question, right? It's a real question because I think one has to acknowledge um, how you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, you got to understand your value, understand what what makes you tick, and understand why it is that you do what you do. So, for example, um, lust is often associated with the infatuation, right? 
what I see. It's not based off of anything past what I see, what I hear, um, what I think in my mind, right? Uh, I often tell right. couples that sometimes a gentleman may say, well, you know what, Pastor Man, the lady across the street, you should see how she treats her husband. She doesn't treat her husband like my wife treats me. And so I say, well, listen, you don't know how many times he treats his wife a certain way, you know, taking her out to eat and giving her gifts or telling her how much he appreciates her or finding the value of things that she appreciates and then exposing it and letting him know how much he cares about her. In other words, people wanna complain about how their grass is growing on their side of the house. And so they wanna jump ship. And I always say, just water your grass, right? Treat your grass, do what you need to do to make it what it needs to be. And so mm -hmm. when it comes to infatuation or people questioning what is love, I would say it's more than a feeling. It is a principal understanding of getting to know someone it's allowing someone to um, come into your world, both mentally and even somewhat physically, spiritually and even socially, right? It's allowing them to, right. to, to enter all the areas of your life that is of value. And that is what un, unearths or uh, provides, unblankets what love is for you. And everyone is kind of different. Some people say uh, it's not that deep for him to know uh, my spiritual expectation. Well, I beg to differ. I say that after you guys dialogue about the things that may be important to you, you'll find yourself dibbling and dabbling if you're spiritual into that spiritual stuff, because the person wants to know all about you. And all those things will feed, believe it or not, when it's time to make love to you. I believe it. You said, believe it or not, I believe it. <laughs> Most definitely. We're giving all facts right now. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so before we leave this topic of love, um, because this is such an important topic, you know, I, I just want to sort of highlight certain things that I've learned personally along the way and also learned um, professionally to help people understand the true meaning of love, um, you know, and, and at times when women, especially, and I, I suppose men too, because men get caught up in domestic violence situations as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I cannot direct this at just women. So for men and women who are in situations that include domestic violence, being abused in their households, they confuse that with love. Mm -hmm. And so for the folks who have asked, what is love? Um, I commend you for that and wanting to really understand and truly appreciate and know the meaning behind such an important word, a word that gets tossed around randomly mm -hmm. by some folks, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So one thing to remember in your relationships, love is avoiding misunderstandings mm. because we will have misunderstandings. You're not going to agree with a person with your significant other 100% of the time, mm -hmm. nor should you want to. Life would be so boring if all of us agreed with one another about everything. Come on now. You'll never learn anything different. Mm -hmm. There you go. There you go. Right. So give your partner an opportunity to put forward their point of view 
if it differs from your own point of view, don't demean them, don't berate them, Mm -hmm. don't tell them they're stupid. And, you know, this really applies right now with politics as well, because there are some folks living in a divided household. Mm. Mm. Some folks who identify with being a Democrat, you know, and maybe the significant other is a Republican. And, Mm. you know, these things are not worth losing your relationship or friendships Mm. over some labels that have been created by man Mm. over time. So, you know, let's not, let's, let's try to avoid misunderstandings. Let's, re- let's respect one another, accept people for who they are. Love is encouraging your partner to achieve their dreams and, and respecting each other is true love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if I can add, Dr. Delvina, I, I kind of feel, I kind of feel like one of the challenges when it comes to love is that we just finished giving off different definitions. I gave a biblical example as well. And so one might be listening uh, today and saying to themselves, well, I can't say that the person I'm with is really patient, right? And, And I also believe in a spiritual realm that to some degree, you might be the person that will highlight in someone's life that they need to be more patient. And so Mm -hmm. what I'm saying is just because, you know, you might be hearing this podcast and you're saying, well, I am dating someone that is not patient. Guess what? I'm texting him now. I'm texting her now. It's over. That's not what I'm saying. What Mm -hmm. I'm saying is sometimes you dating someone will reveal to you what your problem is. And in that scenario, if the person is honest, they'll tell you, you know what, you, you kind of have an attitude issue. You know, you're, you're a little jealous. I feel like you're jealous. Well, hopefully that person's in a place where he can or she can check themselves. You know what? I am kind of jealous. Let me work that out. Because someone... And we know that's not love. There, love is not jealousy. There you go. There you go. And, and, but love is accepting. And so if, if, if someone tells you that you are acting, you know, a certain way, then, and if you love them or you think you love them, then your response should never be, you're crazy, it's you, blah, 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 blah. You should say to yourself, is it true? Exactly. Is it true? Totally embrace it. Right. Totally embrace it. And because they could be literally unlocking something in you that's limiting you from you Mm -hmm. loving that other person. And so what I'm really trying to say is there's purpose in relationships. I'm not trying to say to hang out in situations that are not right. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is sometimes you can be the revelation and inspiration in a relationship. If that person chooses to welcome the things that you're saying in love to help them to be a better version of themselves for themselves. And then of course, for you and your future together. Yes. And, and, and saying that pastor, I just want to add on mm-hmm. whatever you're going through, do not share it. It's private to you and your significant other. Mm. It shouldn't be on social media. You That's see right. some people go on social media sharing all their problems. That's right. They're ready. You know, they want people to come and rescue, come and rescue them. Mm. 
They discuss their issues over the internet more than they would in person. Mm. Don't do that, guys, because love is maintaining privacy mm. between you and your intimate partner. Mm. Talk it out with your partner. Don't use the platform of social media to complain about something that's wrong between you and your significant other. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not appropriate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if, if you're choosing to do that, I, I got to be honest with y'all. If you're choosing to do that, then that tells us something's wrong with you. If you <laughs> Say it again. If, if you're choosing <laughs> to go on social media to air your laundry, your personal challenges in your relationship with your loved one, that means something is wrong with you. Your processing, mm -hmm. your desire for help, your look for excuses to embrace whatever comes your way, because that's social media. You put it out there, you can get whatever comes your way. Yeah. And sometimes we don't understand that we ask the question, why me? when we're the ones that gave the key to someone to open the door to our intimate situations. Mm -hmm. And once they get in, I'm very sorry to tell you, it is not that easy for them to get out. Mm. So be careful. Social media is a blessing, but every blessing can be a curse. Yes, yes, yes. And so we're about to wrap up this segment of, of this, uh, this conversation. The pastor and I were talking about the definition of love. And we've, we've given some examples of what love is. And we're also talking about what it isn't, mm -hmm. right? Because you, you always got to do, you got to talk about the contrary. So we're, we've spoken about what is love. And we've also given examples of what love is not. And um, I, I want to give another example of what love is not. Mm -hmm. Love is not to expect things, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So there should be no expectations mm -hmm. when you start a relationship or begin a relationship with someone. Do not carry expectations into the relationship. Um, so, and allow me to tease that out, flesh that out a little bit more. So expect expectations of you're going to give me a wonderful gift for my birthday every year. <laughs> expectations of at Christmas and Valentine's, you're going to shower me with all these gifts. Expectations of every time we go out to eat, he's going to pay for it. Mm -hmm. Expectations of he's going to spend all of his money on you. Mm -hmm. Expectations of he's going to get a certain type of job that you want your man to have. Mm -hmm. Those are the types of expectations I'm, I'm referring to. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you know what's very profound in what you just mentioned? is that the truth is those expectations come from somewhere else. Yeah. Because you don't know the person you're sitting across from. You're getting to know them. And so if you start to label them or have um, expectations for them, what you've done is you've invited someone into the relationship. Ooh-wee. <laughs> and and the, the danger... The... There's another nugget. There's another nugget. Thank you, Pastor. Yeah. yeah no, thank you. Because you started it and I'm working with it. So I, I think it's very profound that, that people often try to bring things into the relationship when they just got in it. I mean, yeah. your, your job is to learn that person, focus yes. on that person. But the second you start adding things to the person and the person hasn't even told you that that's what they do. 
What you've just done is you brought Joey, Jackie, James into the relationship. And what's going to happen is because it's, it's not always understood. What happens is over time, you allow the people, you allow the people, no, the people that you've allowed in the relationship, they start triggering your mind to believe what you should be getting when the person sitting across the table never made you any promises. And that's how sometimes people end up in wrong relationships. And they tell people, well, no, I thought you were like this. No, that, that, that was all you, sweetheart. That was all you. That, that wasn't me. It's because you, you dated somebody who was like that. Or you've been watching someone else's relationship and that's what you want. That's okay to tell me what you want. But don't believe that's what you're going to get if it isn't me. Because I don't want to live a lie. Because lies will find you out. I don't want to live a lie that I'm not true to myself. And then after two years or two weeks, you find out that's not me and we break up. No, let me be me. Right. Let me yeah. be me. Don't try to change anyone. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Let them be who they uh-uh. are. And that's why the, one of the first things I said was do not rush into a relationship. Mm. Don't allow someone to push you. Give yourself time to yourself and to your partner, take things slow, mm-hmm. get to know their likes, their dislikes, mm-hmm. you know, and as you're dating and going further along in the relationship, think about mm-hmm. it. Would you be willing to share a common bond later in life with this person? Mm-hmm. Could you be with this person? Could you ignore some of their annoying habits? Mm-hmm. Cause everyone has some type of habit that's annoying oh, yes. to another person. Oh, yeah. None of us are Jesus. We're not perfect. That's right. We have habits that may annoy another person. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's important, guys. Don't jump into these relationships. Take it slowly. And also, I recommend that every couple engage in premarital counseling. For sure. For sure. Vital, vital. Uh, Dr. Delvina, I got to tell you, um, so many people have an expectation for marriage. Um, they often seen something on television or they've seen something in their homes or with other family members or movies or whatever the case is. And so they walk into the relationship, potentially even the premarital counseling saying that this is what I want and this is what I need and so forth and so on. Well, before we do all of that, you, you got to really, depending on, of course, your age and approach. If you're going to get married with this person, that means all the games are over, right? And so we're, we're going to almost deal with this somewhat like a business deal, right? And we're going to ask some real concrete questions and we want some real concrete answers. And it literally goes through the whole journey of sex, of money, of uh, political desires, of church affiliation, of historical um, medical conditions, all of that is on the table. Why? Because it's not fair for someone to plead with you that I'm going to be there forever till death do us part. And I don't even know the history of your family. And so give the person an opportunity to make a choice. Guess what? I didn't know you had all these historical issues in your family. I didn't know that. And so now six years, we're in the marriage and I hear this. Well, guess what? That person may say, I don't want to deal with all of this. <laughs> right? 
And so that's okay. If, if you don't want to deal with it, well, guess what? You're, you're kind of struggling with that word love, all right? And we get it, but it's only fair for us to share as much truth as possible up front. So when we get to the point of saying, I do, the person yes, is saying, there, no there you go, there you go, there you go. So that when, if, if and when the person says, I want a divorce, you can say faithfully without any question or qualm, guess what? I told you everything, you knew everything, and you decided to marry me, and now you got to change your heart? Brother, sister, that's your bad, not me. And you walk uh -huh. away whole and healthy. Right, right. Yeah. And allow me to qualify this to you guys sitting, listening to Pastor Marvin and I on the couch. You do not have to divulge everything on the first date. Mm -hmm. There you go. <laughs> People oh, yeah. have asked me, what do I ask on the first date? You don't ask anything, mm -hmm. right? Maybe, so if you haven't established prior to that date, which I don't know why you wouldn't have, mm -hmm. but if you have not established that that person is truly single, meaning not married, not married, right. not married, not married, right. <laughs> then maybe that should be a question on the first date. Are you mm -hmm. married? Are you in a relationship? Mm -hmm. So I, I think... That's probably those two questions are probably requirements on that first mm -hmm. date because there are certain people, men and women, who if you don't ask them, they will not tell. Mm -hmm. If you do not ask the specific question, they're not they're not going to be forthcoming. Mm -hmm. It'll be something that comes out later in the wash. But you want to know that early on. You want to know that right away. And everything else, allow yourself to get to know the person. You guys get acquainted and you learn about one another as the time proceeds as you proceed in the relationship you learn what their relationship is like with their dad or with their mm. brothers or you know if they have children with their children or what happened in previous relationships mm -hmm. all that stuff mm -hmm. that's Whew. good dr Delvina. so mm -hmm. yeah we have pastor we have about less than 10 minutes okay. to get into the last part of this discussion about premarital sex mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think that's all the time we need for this, you know, because really it's, it's case, it's, it's the open and close case quickly mm -hmm. because, right, if you go by the Bible, you go by the teachings of your church, I believe every religion is against premarital sex. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm, I'm pretty sure. Do the Muslims condone premarital no, sex? No, no, they don't. No, they don't. They, <laughs> no, they no, don't. Yeah. No, no they don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, if we're just out here living and we're not uh, living by any set of rules, mm -hmm. religious rules, then I suppose anything goes. Mm -hmm. But well, well, you know. So why should we wait? Yeah. What's the practical reason? So, so there's so many things that that one can consider. I mean, whether you want to go uh, biblical or you just want to go, um, I believe, scientific. Um, you know, if we're going to choose to go biblical, and I always try and go biblical first, I, I want to be very clear that sex, sex is great. Um, it's a wonderful thing. It was made by God. And we know that if God made it, it sure enough is good. And so mm -hmm. um, there's no question, there's no doubt uh, whether or not sex is good. Sex, I'm going to say it again, is great. It is made by God with the purpose to bring satisfaction and as well uh, creation. 
And so it is a good thing. However, um, the danger comes in is when one is not understanding the importance of this gift, right? And it is a gift. And um, very often people get into relationships and they allow um, certain acts, certain experiences to um, somehow lead them on a path of being in uh, disarray or disconnect. And let me quantify what I'm saying. Uh, with even our discussions on tonight, we talked about submission. Uh, we talked about love. And here we are now talking about sex. Believe it or not, all of those somewhat string together. All of those yes, are connected together. Um, for one to have sex, you want to make sure the person's in the right mind frame, right? And what I mean by that is that they are very comfortable. They're not questioning. They're not doubting. They don't feel forced. Um, they don't feel like they have to submit to your desire because you want it. Uh, you want it to be both parties understanding what they're about to do and understanding what can come from it. And having sex before marriage um, would then kind of create an understanding most times, and I got to be careful when I say this most times, is that the persons are not really, really understanding what they're about to get involved in. So it's just an emotional drive. Oh my God, I want to have an orgasm, right? And, 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 that's, <laughs> and that's great. It's great, right? There's, there's value in that, right? But most people who want to have an orgasm, that's because they've had it before. Mm. Mm. Ah, mm. okay. Food for okay. thought. Okay. So <laughs> you can't. My dad used to say, "You can't miss what you never you had." Better, so don't. You better start. preach, sister. You better preach. <laughs> right. So, so that's that's one point that I want to highlight. That most people, you don't really want to have sex unless you're trying to have it to have an orgasm. And we know that to be somewhat of a fact, because if you're not getting an orgasm, you're probably going to say, ah, you ain't working with me. And so I'm going to move on. And you might be kind enough and, and in love enough to say, I'm going to ride this thing out. But at some point, you're going to say, have mercy. Do I need to bring toys involved? Do I need to do some other erotic situation so I can feel what I need to feel, so I can do what I need to do, so I can release what I need to release? At the end of the day, mm. you want to have an orgasm. So- if you've never had an orgasm, that means you don't have the true desire to say, I got to have sex. Because the act of sex is good, but it's really complete after an orgasm. Yeah. Yeah, that cherry on top. There you go. With the chocolate sprinkles the, the, and the whipped there cream. There you go. There <laughs> you go. And, and so, so that's the first uh, question or concern uh, when it comes to your sexual encounter? Do you really know what you're getting involved in? And do you really know the person well enough to get involved in there? Mm -hmm. And what happens if they do not meet your desire? Um, you just open them up. And, and we can talk about this on a biblical level, um, or we can even talk about it just on a world level that you know, if I slept with nine women or 12, and I might be reaching, that's okay, but some, some guys have slept with nine or 12 and more, and women too. So uh -huh. if, if that's my uh -huh. situation, then I've literally opened an intimate part, a gift that God has given me 
to these individuals and the swapping of fluids that take place, mm. the emotional connection mm. that has taken place, the brain activity, right? The, the blood, the, 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 the words that have not been shared, but the groans and moans that have been shared has now been taken advantage of. Why? Because the next person I have sex with and the next person I have sex with, if I can't find myself looking for that sacred, intimate experience, I can't help but to bring my yesterdays into my todays. And that is dangerous. Hmm. And people will say, oh, no, I, you know, that's, that's not that deep. Trust me, Pastor. Well, well, I have learned in my experience in marriage counseling for the past 16 years, I have learned also in my psychotherapy experience for the past nine years that I have found that individuals who, let's just say, had an intimate encounter or experience, um, and I'm going to say it, on a rooftop, um, in, in, a, in a mall, um, in a car, in a, in a certain mountain or, or bluffs or whatever the case mm -hmm. is, what happens is when their next partner comes and they want to somehow do something and the partner takes them there, it's, it's, it kind of, you know, you can't remove the thought that, oops, I did this before. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it, it affects you. It affects the encounter. And, you know, if you're doing it, talking about sex, premarital sex, and it's happening in your bed a number of times, you know, regularly, what happens when that guy comes in that's the guy? And he's supposed to feel like the guy. Not just because he has a ring on his finger, not just because you hold hands and you, in you introduce that person as your husband or Mr. and Mrs. No, no, no. They want to have the full package. They want to walk away saying, I was the, a I was the one that was able to say, that I know my wife, like how Adam said, I know Eve. That word know is translated as knowing not just mentally, not just physically, not just spiritually, but with that word, that Greek word eros, which is the passion word for sex. Adam and Eve was, mm. they, I mean, forgive my language, but they were tearing that thing up, man. <laughs> That, that's that, that's that yes, erotic, yes. It's, you know, it's not just, you know, the word love is translated in four ways. You've got the phileo, you got the agape, but I, I want to focus on the eros. The eros love is, is passion, right? And that's, that's the last encounter you should have with your spouse. Hmm. So you both free, you feel free. There's no questions in the bed. Like, did she do this before? How did this feel? Or what, what was this position? And what? You you want to know that what we about to do, we about to grow and glow in this place we've never been, and we both will be saying hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we we, we hope you're saying hallelujah. There's some people that don't say hallelujah, and 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 that <laughs> and, and I don't, I don't mind welcoming that conversation because I, I think that discussion should take place in the courting or dating process. And as you alluded mm -hmm. to, which is very, very, very important, <clears throat> that in the premarital counseling, 
one should have the opportunity to go there. I ask a litany of questions, a document that I've created for couples, and, and I ask about sexual desires and, and inquiries. And, and we try and make it a very open space um, where the person can share, you know, I, I like it this way, Pastor, or, or, you know, this is what I like to do. And, and um, I just hope my spouse is down. And sometimes the spouse says, mm, no. And, and the questions are like, you know, well, do you, is it okay, Pastor, for me to see um, the size of the person? Right. to see, you know, what, what, what I'm working with potentially, you know, because I have a desire. Well, guess what? That desire came from somewhere. If you never had sex before marriage, most women are not saying, I want that junk to be huge. <laughs> right, right. If we, if we keep right, it a hundred, if we keep it at a hundred, right? Right. We're always a right. hundred, always we're, we're not saying, ooh, I want him to be on like Donkey Kong. You know, we want it to be large and in charge. <laughs> we're not saying that if you've never had sex. You're kind of saying that because right. mm, you've been there and done that. You know now, this is what I do when I do what I do. And if if that is your situation, then one has to really have that question and conversation at that premarital time. Yeah. And I'm and I'm yeah, and I'm open. Yeah, sure enough. Mm -hmm, I'm mm -hmm. open because I don't want you to get a package and you say, can mm -hmm. I send it back? Because guess what you can't. Right. <laughs> You're stuck with you, it. You stuck like You're you stuck, stuck like it. Chuck, right? So um, right. you you want to be able to uh, meander in those conversations, meander in those desired realities and lay it on the table and okay. let it be what it be so that you can rejoice when it time when it's time to rejoice in your sexual encounter well so i, I don't have a response to you pastor <laughs> for the sake of time because oh, we're already over an hour i'm so sorry so i'm not going to it's, it's okay because we'll pick this up the next Great. time then hopefully we'll be able to have another another session and we'll talk about okay we'll pick up on this premarital sex thing but then we'll also talk about well what happens in premarital counseling what can people expect because you said a couple of things that i was pretty surprised by mm. and that is you allow them to, to to openly state everything like well is it okay for me to see the size of it mm -hmm. or what it looks mm -hmm. like you know so i appreciate you keeping it keeping it real keeping it 100 mm -hmm. and um and we'll have a conversation offline on how I can refer folks to you for premarital counseling if you're accepting new couples, that is. Um, but guys, I don't mean to, to leave folks hanging who are listening. Pastor Marvin Clark will be back on again. If you have questions, please send them to me in a text through Anchor, which is the platform I use. Or you can send me an email at info at Dr. Delvina, which is D-R-D-E-L-V-E-N-A dot help, H-E-L-P. Or you can DM me on Instagram, which is Dr. Delvina, or Facebook, which is Dr. Delvina, D-R-D-E-L-V as in Victor, E-N-A. And Pastor Marvin Clark, please tell the folks where they can find you. Give your all of your information, the information for change for you, the information for you, the information for the church. Let folks know where they can find you. Yeah, for sure. Please, by all means, just connect with me on the platforms, of course, is my website, which is www.changeforyoutoday, and that's C-H-A-N-G-E, the number four, utoday.com as well as on social media platforms such as uh, Instagram, as well as Facebook. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook 
at Marvin G. Clark. Uh, also, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook with Change For You Today. And that's once again, C-H-A-N-G, the number four, the letter U, today.com. And I want to share just with you quickly, Dr. Delvina, by all means, on my, sure, on, my, on my website, they're free to connect with me. I do offer some uh, counseling on there, or uh, they can DM me on Instagram. And by all means, I will try and see if I can make some room for that to be a reality. So, uh, and every couple gets a book that I've recently wrote called Your Change, Your Choice. And it was forwarded by a good friend of mine who is uh, Devon Franklin. Uh, movie producer that has been a good friend of mine. And I had the privilege of pastoring him several years ago in California. So that's it. Okay. Well, guys, this is the gentleman from Toronto, Canada, who is now here in Florida, pastoring two churches, Pastor Marvin Clark, husband, author, pastor, therapist. Um, did I miss anything? And a friend of Dr. Delvina. Yes, and my new friend. <laughs> Don't be surprised if you see me at, uh, what is it, Ebenezer Seventh-day Adventist. I've never been to a Seventh-day church, but I'm willing to go for the first time. Oh, awesome. So, yes, Dania Beach is right in my neck of the woods. Oh, that's wonderful. We'd be honored to have you, I promise you. And and trust me when well, I say, you. trust me when I say, Dr. Delvina, and I've said it to you before, I'm not ashamed, I'm keeping it real, you are a blessing. I am a faithful follower. I am always moved. I am always moved by what you do, how you share, and how you expose some of the most essential things for our people today. And I appreciate you. And I'll be using you, I promise you, for my service or for your services when it comes to my church services. I promise you. Oh, well. I am grateful, Pastor. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And thank you for being on the Brain Love Podcast. And I hope you'll come back again. I pray you'll be back on again. For sure. And thank you so much for having me. All righty, guys. Everybody say Brain Love. Brain. The Pod Breed Network is strictly for the small podcasts that are up and coming in the vast world of podcasting. Pod Breed is made up of many diverse podcasts coming together to achieve the same goal of being the best damn podcast network on the planet. Find out more at podbreed.com. It's the end of an episode. Thank you guys for joining me on my couch. It's been a pleasure. It's Dr. Delvina. Remember, every day you must have brain love. Balance. You can't have all work and no play, and you can't have all play and no work. Reframe. Reframe your negative thinking. Think positively. Avoid negative people. Inside, everything you need, it's inside of you. Look inside yourself needs know your needs your needs come first not everyone else's limitations limit your expectations of yourself ownership own your mistakes learn from them and move on vengeance is not yours it's the lord's express yourself every day 
meaningful communication, don't go to bed angry. And that's been my show, guys. Brain love. Thank you.